0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening... On the Believe Network, it's a very exciting time in tennis because everything seems to be happening right now. The U.S. Open is just a few weeks away, and leading up to the U.S. Open is the hardcourt swing here in North America. So a couple weeks ago, Atlanta, Los Cabos, and then this last week it was Toronto. Now they're moving into Cincinnati, which is the Western and Southern Open, which is one of the more popular lead-up tournaments to the U.S. Open, if not the most popular lead-up tournament into the U.S. Open. With that being said, who knows how long that's actually going to be in Cincinnati there's been a hashtag forever since he tennis since he tennis since he tennis that's been a big deal I don't know if it's leaving I think it is that's for another time but tennis is in Cincinnati it could go to West or winston-Salem if players want to go otherwise it'll be in New York in a week and the thing get kicks off here. In a few weeks. So, very exciting time in tennis, as in my eyes, the greatest Grand Slam of the year is happening here in a few weeks. And players are preparing for it, getting ready for it, and they're all in America right now, getting ready to play in New York City at the U.S. Open. With that being said, we got to go to Canada for the last week and some change, as Toronto had a tournament for the men and for the women. It was a WTA tournament that was in Montreal. Now, the men's tournament in Toronto. A big tournament, it's a Masters One Thousand tournament. Some Masters One Thousand get more press. I would, I wouldn't say press, but more attention than others. And Toronto is one of those where, like, I just don't see a lot of stuff around Toronto as I would Miami or Indian Wells or you know even Cincy because Cincy's such a staple of the U.S. Open hardcourt series leading into New York City. So I'm not saying nobody's watching it I'm just saying it doesn't seem to be one of the more popular ones also on the flip side of that though it doesn't really matter because you're still getting a thousand points if you win so like to the players does it really matter if there's not if it's not as many eyes on it on TV probably not what, also, I watched it on TV because it was on Bali a bunch, and it was on Tennis Channel a bunch over last week. So that's just a weird opinion I have about Toronto. Um, probably has something to do with it being in Canada. Once you get to the United States, I feel like there's a lot more eyes on it. Uh, that's just how sport-hungry people, Americans are in general. Uh, but nevertheless, Toronto is a great tournament, and we're going to jump right into it right now. Big names in this draw. Big, big names in this draw. Carlos Alcaraz at the very top as the one seed. The two seed is Daniil Medvedev. I mean, there are dogs in this draw on the men's side. Well, I guess there's only men at this tournament, so that's kind of a moot point. But it's Alcaraz, it's Medvedev, it's Rude, it's Tsitsipas, Runa, it's Rublev, it's Sinner, it's uh, Taylor Fritz, Tiafo, FAA is wrapping up the top 10. But as you go down further and further and further, there's huge names in this tournament. That's what you're going to get when it's a Masters 1000 tournament, especially leading into the US Open, all these players trying to get a feel for things. Carlos Alcaraz. Seems to be cruising through this tournament until the quarterfinals when he runs into Tommy Paul. For being the top seed at this tournament, Alcaraz kind of had a tough draw. He goes, he gets a bye, and then he plays Ben Shelton, beats him in straight sets. Then he plays Hubie Hercoc, beats him in three sets. Uh, big win for Alcaraz. He was very excited after that win, it seemed. Uh, but he won that one in a third set tiebreaker. And then he plays into Tommy Paul. Tommy Paul beats Carlos Alcaraz. An enormous win for Tommy Paul to beat the number one player in the world. The top seed here at this tournament, especially leading into the U.S. Open. Tommy Paul's kind of been hit or miss as of the last few months. So for him to come in here and beat Carlos Alcaraz in Toronto was amazing. Gael Monfils starting to get a little feel for the game a little bit more. Beats Eubanks in the first round, beats Pass, goes on to play Yannick Sinner. In the semifinal, or sorry, in the quarterfinals, that is, Alex De Minaur, I, I got to talk a lot more about him because the way that he's been playing has been phenomenal. He makes the final in Los Cabos, where he loses to Stefano Tsitsipas, and then he makes the final again here in Toronto. On his way to the final, he beats Taylor Fritz, he beats Daniil Medvedev, and then he meets Davidovich Falkina. Davidovich, Davidovich Falkina, another guy with a great tournament at. Uh, at Toronto, he makes it all the way to the semifinals. Just a deep run for uh, how they, it's ADF is what they call him, Alejandro Davidovich Falkina. If you don't know who that is or what he looks like, look for a guy with a man bun on the on the court. I believe he's a Spaniard. And he's got a unique game that is fun to watch. So if you want to look for him on the court, you'll find him because he's rapidly going up the ranks. 24 years old, ranked number 23 in the world. Entertaining to watch. Makes it all the way to the semifinals here in Toronto. But Tommy Paul loses to Yannick Sinner. Yannick Sinner has such a quiet tournament, I feel like, even though he has to go through Matteo Berrettini, He has to go through Andy Murray. He has to go through Gael Monfils. Then he has to go through Tommy Paul. And then in the final, he does beat Alex De Manure in the final in straight set 6-4. Six one with his first ever Masters 1000 tournament title. First of many, I would think, is coming his way. And he wins that one for his eighth career title on tour since 2020. So uh, that's when he won his first one at Sofia on a hard court. And the last four years, in about four years, he's won eight titles. Great 2021 season. Now 2023 he's having a really good season as well. He's won Montepellier this year and this Masters 1000 that is in Canada. A lot of Yannick Sinner's career, I believe, is getting overshadowed or overlooked, I should say, by Carlos Alcaraz. They're about the same age. They are both weapons on the court. However, Alcaraz is having a little bit more success. He's a little bit better. He's, you know, beat Sinner in some of the bigger matches. But that doesn't take away from how good at tennis Yannick Sinner is. I remember watching him in 2019 at the U.S. Open when he was just emerging onto the tour and thinking, this kid's super young, but he is really, really, really good at tennis. And that is what's happening right now, is we're seeing that kind of come to fruition. And I think he's just, he can't get over this hump, right? This hump of being really, really elite, because at some of these tournaments, he runs into Carlos Alcaraz. He runs into Djokovic. He runs into Rafa Nadal. That's He just hasn't been able to get over that hump yet um, and be you know, elite. And I think getting a Masters 1000 tournament under his belt. You remember, Alcaraz did that first when he won Miami. And then he went on to win the U.S. Open. This is big, I believe, for Yannick Center. It kind of validates how good he is in the sport of tennis. And I believe moving forward for him... It can't be anything but a good thing uh, as far as a confidence boost and as far as building his confidence, knowing that he has won a Masters 1000 tournament. These are the second hardest tournaments to win in the sport of tennis. You go to the Grand Slams, then you go to these Masters 1000s. And for him to get this win in Toronto leading up to the US Open, I believe a lot of people have always believed that he could do this. But for him to actually do it, Is huge for him, and I'm excited to watch him moving into New York, because I think he can do some serious, serious damage as he moves into New York City. Let's head to the women's side. We are going to Montreal for this one. This is another 1,000 tournament, and... A lot of good women play in this tournament. It's a a popular tournament because it's the same as Toronto. It's just in Montreal. Why? It's not in the same place. That is yet to be determined. That is yet to be discovered, I should say, by me. I haven't figured that out yet. But everyone seems to be in this tournament from the women's side. Iga Sviatek at the top of the bracket. Uh, Danimal, Daniel Collins. Um, It's Jessica Pugula, Coco Gauff. Uh Sloan Steven, Alina Rabakina, you got Kavitova, Benchic, everybody's in this tournament. In the quarterfinals, the biggest news is Jessica Bagula is playing Coco Golf again late in the tournament, and Jessica Bagula wins this one in three sets, seven-five in the fifth set. So Pagula goes on to the semifinal. Iga Sviatek, she wins in the quarterfinals, or yeah, in the quarterfinals to make it to the semifinal. And here's where it gets really good. Jessica Pagula lights out tennis she's playing at this tournament. She beats the number one seed, Iga Sviatek, in three sets, makes it to the final. And then Elena Rybakina, the three seed, loses to Samsonova in three sets in the semifinal. And Jessica Pagula winning this tournament, in Montreal, prize, final prize money, $267,000. Not a bad paycheck for a week of work there in Montreal. But Jessica Pagula continues to climb the ladder, continues to become more successful. As the number four seed, she wins this tournament. She now has three singles titles in her career and one singles title this year in 2023. A great, great win for Jessica Pagula, as she comes back into America here getting ready for the U.S. Open, she would be someone I think people would love to see have a lot of success at the U.S. Open. I don't think there's any doubt about that. People would love that, including myself. She's an American. She is, I believe, the highest-ranked American, and she's fun to watch. She's personable. Uh, she's really, really good at tennis, and I think people could get on board with what Jessica Pagula does. Could do here at the U.S. Open. Cincy is next. We are going to talk about Cincy just a little bit. This is an exciting tournament. It's over the next week and some change. Uh, The 13th through the 20th. It is just one week, actually. And this is why people are so excited for it. We get a tweet coming in today from Gil from Gil Gross and his name or his tweet says barring a last minute withdrawal every top 20 male player will compete in Cincinnati it'll be the first ATP Masters with perfect top 20 attendance since 2013 Indian Wells let's go this is exciting for the tour it means everybody's healthy and it means everybody wants to play now will a lot of these people go to Winston-Salem I don't think so I think a lot of them will play in this tournament when they're done from this tournament they will head to New York City to get ready for the U.S. Open. But this is going to be a really good benchmark for the U.S. Open. Now, will players like Djokovic and some of those guys really care if they lose in this tournament? I mean, yeah, they're going to care because they're competitors and want to win. But like we've said before, all eyes are on the Grand Slams, and a lot of these guys just really want to win the Grand Slams. So if an early exit comes out of Cincinnati, will they be upset? Probably, but their eyes are still on New York City and winning the Grand Slam. That's where all the money is. That's where all the notoriety is. And that's where their success can be measured when it comes to being great. So, like I said, every top 20 player here in Cincinnati, uh, a first-round match that is uh, very, very interesting, I think. Uh, I mean, this this tournament's already kind of – Underway, Ben Shelton beat Christopher Eubanks in the first round. I thought that would be a really interesting first round match. Uh, Sebi Korda plays Borna Chorich in the first round. I think that's really interesting. But Matteo Berrettini plays Felix L.A. aliassime Wow. I mean, the first round matches here are incredible. Alexander Sverev plays Grigor Dimitrov. Daniel Evans plays Lorenzo Musetti. Let me just rile through some of these first-rounders. J.J. Wolf, Alex Damanour, Cam Norrie, because is going to play Gael Monfils. Taylor Fritz is going to play Leheka, and then that's pretty much it. Etcheverry, who's had a pretty good year, is going to play Alejandro Davidovich Falkina. All eyes are going to be on Cincinnati this week, rightfully so, because it is a big tournament. But not only that, it's got all the stars and all the names, especially on the men's side, are playing here in Cincinnati. I think that's going to be it. Um, I'm going to talk a bunch about Cincinnati next week. That's the most exciting thing going on right now. Interestingly enough, there's not any other tournaments going on around the world right now. Toronto, Cincy, Winston-Salem, New York, those are the four tournaments here in August. And there's really no other ones happening around the world. So Challenger, maybe, but not on the actual tour. It's pretty quiet as we get closer to the U.S. Open and everybody prepares to play in New York City. Davis Cup Finals come after that, group stage, and then it's a bunch of small tournaments, Labor Cups in there. Uh, The Rolex Shanghai Masters are in there in October. The Rolex Paris Masters are in there later that month, so it gets interesting. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll cover all that when we get to that point in the season, but I'm just happy there's still a Grand Slam left to be played right here in America at the end of, of the Grand Slam season in August. There's only one thing happening this week. It's Cincy. It's the Western Southern Open. It's one of the best tennis tournaments in America other than my. You know, got Miami. You got Indian Wells. You got the U.S. Open. But Cincy's up there. Cincy's such a tradition. A lot of people like to go to that tournament. Cincinnati's such a great sports town. And on top of that, It's one of the best tennis tournaments in the country. So watch a little bit of Cincy this week. I think the coverage for the U.S. Open, I've already seen commercials for it, but the coverage for the U.S. Open and tennis coverage in America is starting to build and build and build and build, leading into New York when they have that on ESPN. So I'm excited for it. I hope you're excited for it. That's going to be it for this episode. We'll see you next week. We'll talk Cincy, a little Winston-Salem, and next thing you know, New York City is going to be popping with tennis players at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. Appreciate you listening. Adios. Have a good one.